Fixing hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sport the commentary to what if your commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Greg Wyshynski of ESPN, where I managed to weasel my way into Michael Jordan mania with a hockey story this week. Uh, I'm Ryan Lambert from uh, this podcast, and I read part of that story. Uh, I'm Sean McAndrew from The Athletic. I intend to read that story probably as soon as we're finished here. It's it's long. It's a long story. I also wrote uh, 7,000 words on lines that we will talk about later. But first, obviously, let's get right to it. Uh, Read any good leaked group chats from Instagram lately, guys? Not any Uh, good ones. (laughs) Brendan uh, Leipzig. Leipzig, uh, um, Boy, I'll tell you... I probably have not thought about this player much in my life. Um, I kind of forgot he was on the Capitals. Leaked Instagram chat with his friends that managed to end up on Reddit and Twitter, uh, in which he said some horribly misogynistic things about women, uh, including the wife of Tanner Pearson, including the girlfriend of uh, Conor David, and uh, managed to call his two teammates fucking losers. Uh, Nick Dowd and, and Garnet Hathaway, who are also his line mates. Now, in fairness, he was calling them fucking losers because they host a podcast. So, I well, mean, yeah. you know, yeah, all things considered. And also, I had to go through the podcast, and it turns out that they've done like 10 episodes. And yes, Brendan Leipzig, despite being their line mate, has never appeared on their podcast. So, he's living the gimmick. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this. I mean, obviously, condemnation comes from the Capitals and the NHL pretty swiftly. The Capitals probably do some sort of punishment-type deal. Um, Matthew Barnaby this this morning, you know, while doing the expected boys will be boys thing that I'm sure a lot of NHL players will do, also said he can't imagine that Leipzig can get back into that locker room at any point, um, which is an interesting thought. And uh, and do you agree with that thought? That do you think think his time with the Capitals is done for talking shit on, on players behind their backs? I mean, he wasn't playing anyway, right? Like, they traded for Ely Kovalchuk, and they were like, have fun in the press box. Like, that was that was already happening. So, yeah, I mean, he, they're, they're going to be like, you know what, don't come, don't come back. That's fine. Yeah, his, his contract's up. <clears throat> yeah, he's a pending free agent. Uh, he's too. an That's RFA, so they, they, could, they, they could retain him, but it's not like it becomes a difficult situation. He's, he's making league minimum. So it's, it's not like they have to work a buyout or a trade or something. They can just say, you know what? Uh, for our like fifth line left winger, we're not that interested in dealing with the fallout of you being an idiot online. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, the thing that, that bothered me was the, uh, apology that, uh, swiftly arrived from it, from a Twitter account, by the way, that, that, uh, when I wrote about this yesterday for ESPN, my, uh, editors of the news desk had me double check with the capitals that this guy actually had a verified Twitter account because he only had 22 followers. <laughs> so they didn't think, even though he had the blue check mark, that it actually was this guy's account, um, 
because he had such few flowers. But he he gave out the apology yesterday and managed to not mention women, uh, nor say he was going to try to apologize to any of the people he kind of targeted with his comments behind the scenes, which I thought was typical PR bullshit. Yep. Uh, apology, just get it out there without really thinking about like the thing that you probably should say at that point. So no, this was this it, it was, was a good example of like if you Google apology. And you just cut and pasted the first thing that came up from a PR site. That's that's what you would send out. Is pretty much exactly what he sent. Yeah, yeah. He sucks. And and again, he's been on five different teams in five years. So maybe maybe there's a reason for that. One assumes. Yeah, maybe all um, maybe it's not all, right. all of his teammates that are the losers. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's not the uh, the issue here. And by the way, maybe he should take. The, be, the, the best, the best part of that was his his statement. "Quote: Love Coke." Just yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, man. You're in the NHL. We know. <laughs> um, but as you pointed out, Lambert, that could mean anything. Yeah, that could mean Coca Cola products. He saw Zdeno Chara drink it on the bench that time. He was like, "That looks great." We yeah. love it. Boy, that is an old reference that I just made. Remember Zanjar <laughs> drank the Coke on the bench? It was, what, in like a triple overtime game against the Lightning, maybe? Yeah. A million I years know. ago? Wow. Yep. I'm 100, folks. How did he not parlay that into an endorsement? Oh, that's right. He's an NHL player. Hmm. Didn't, oh the, like, didn't he get like shamed for it? I feel like Chara got like in trouble for drinking a Coke on the bench and was like, I'll never do it again. I mean that checks out. I mean, we're, I what league are we like talking about happened. here? Um, fucking Don Cherry getting on on Saturday night. You can't drink soda at the bench. You can't Let's have a pop here. on the bench. Let's see um, if he got in trouble. Yep. Oh, it was because uh, the NHL is sponsored by Pepsi and not Coke. That was why. <laughs> that's okay. it. You know yeah. that is that's pretty perfect right there. That's absolutely perfect right there. Um. Anyways, uh, moving on to, to other things. By the time you listen to this podcast, we you might actually know what the fuck the NHL is doing as far as uh, the draft, as far as the season, as far as opening up camps. The don't, don't NBA is opening up their, their don't you know? It's, I mean, but the draft I mean, is I'm only like going to be in two weeks. There's no need to actually decide if we're. Well, all of these other sports are figuring their shit out. Like, the mm-hmm. baseball's going to our players and saying, here's our return to play plan. The NBA's opening up their training camps because all the players threatened to fly to Atlanta to start training uh, if they didn't open up camps. I mean, it's getting there, and um, and and we'll see where it goes. But But the first thing that we'll probably know is whether or not there's a draft on June 5th. Uh, or roundabouts then, which is what the NHL has been talking about. And uh, Bill Daly has sent out a memo that you probably heard about last week to all of the GMs and uh, all the teams. And it was one of those memos that's like, like it, it, it was titled Timing of the 2020 NHL Draft. But essentially it was, here's what we're doing for the 2020 NHL Draft. That's like right. it's fucking, yeah. It's a fucking plan. Um, and I'd be shocked if if this isn't what actually uh, ends up happening because they seem to have put a lot of thought and time into it. What stood out to you most about the uh, draft plan that was drafted up by the NHL uh, insofar as uh, getting this thing done before the season starts? That they're really trying to ram it through. <laughs> they're they're really trying to just make sure this gets done because um, you know we we got to we got to keep the TV people happy is basically what it what it seemed to me, but. Yeah. 
So uh, because yeah, I mean the thing the thing to say about it is it seems like everybody the, the the idea at the NHL is you know if we if we do the draft in in June when nobody else is doing the draft uh, that'll that'll make everybody really interested in the draft and the counterpoint is no it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a strong counterpoint. Um, they, I mean I thought it was interesting in the memo that he actually did, he meaning Bill Daly actually bought up the the rights holders aspect of it and the fact that it's going to be content and he did it in two ways he wrote the national rights holders are enthusiastically in favor of an early draft nbc strongly supports a possible move up of the draft to june as major exposure and ratings opportunity for the league in the u.s now sean you probably don't know this but uh nbc's coverage of the nhl draft is TSN's coverage yes. of the NHL draft. Like, I don't fucking understand. Like, they, I, it's cool that they want to build content around the draft, and it's cool that they, you know, if it happens, they'll do like a pre-draft show and all kinds of stuff. NBC does. NBC's not built for this. Like, outside of putting on fucking Pierre Maguire for three hours to try to talk about prospects, like they don't have anybody else in their, in their like. On their their talent side, that knows anything about junior hockey or NCAA yeah. hockey, well, it's I, fucking weird. I mean, I read that as they're going to present the draft the same way, which means probably leaning on TSN, but like they'll put it on NBC and put some commercials mm. on NBC and not bury it on one of the secondary networks or golf. Yeah, the golf I channel. would be shocked if <clears throat> if NBC cleared out any space on its schedule for mm. the, the even the first well, round he, of the NF- I, NHL. He, hold on, he, you mean you mean NBCSN? Like it's not obviously not going to like NBC NBC. Come on. Well, it's, that's what I mean. Like, um, why, like we're we're as a league now we're rushing it, despite the fact that most teams don't even want to do it right now, and uh, we're we're trying to jam it through. Because we're just going to be on the channel we're already on? Like, who gives a Hold shit? On, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, now that you mentioned it, though, Lambert. If they do the draft on, like, a Sunday afternoon or, like, a Saturday afternoon, I, I, it might actually get on NBC. Like, like there, there's nothing else fucking going on. Like, like if keep, you put the NHL draft... Keep, yeah, keep in mind that this is coming on the heels of the NFL draft doing record numbers. Which is no right. doubt was noticed in the U.S. Like they're they're putting Korean baseball on TV. If there was ever a time where somebody would be like, "Yes, let's actually pay attention to the NHL," it might be now. Except there, the NHL is saying we're going to talk about exactly one person you might have heard of, which is Alexi Lafreniere. And literally nobody else, because you can't do player trades. There can't be any transactions at all involving, like, current NHL players. Um, So it's going to be maybe you get two, three picks of, like, people who will be in the NHL next year. And Mm -hmm. then the rest is just, like, a guy who plays for Chikudami in the QMJHL. (laughs) And you go... (laughs) Oh, I guess we might see him three years from now. Great. Oh, Chikudami's great. Yeah. Well, I, okay, so a, a few thoughts here. First of all, I want to I offer kudos to the NHL for putting out a top-secret memo that immediately got passed to literally everyone in the hockey world, like, that <laughs> afternoon head. 
the memo. Like, more people saw this memo than the last outdoor game. And <laughs> so good job to them for uh for the look here's here's the thing like i'm i'm not crazy about the idea of doing the draft in june i haven't seen much in the way of convincing arguments for me as a fan that would that would make me think we need to do this now as opposed to september or october i get there's some logistical stuff i get that the off season this year might be like two weeks long and they don't want to cram a draft into it. I get there's some issues around scouts and their contracts expiring yeah. and all of that. Yep. yep. Um, but, but, you know, I don't love the idea, but I'll say this. I actually don't mind if, if like my read on this situation is that what is happening is the NHL's TV partners have said, we really want this. And your TV partners are supposed to be your partners. They're not just supposed to be an ATM that you get money from. They are actually supposed to be uh, groups that you work with as far as how you present the product. Sure. And if if they're pushing for this, and and I NBC, yes, I mean if 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 they're seeing what's happening with the NFL and they they want in, great. I'm thinking of Sportsnet. I'm thinking of what happens if Gary Bettman gets a phone call from whoever it is at Sportsnet now saying, "Hey, man." Uh, remember us, we pay you literally billions of dollars, uh, for content that hasn't really delivered what we thought in far as ratings. We've laid off a bunch of people right mm. now. We're not getting anything from you for reasons beyond your control, of course, but we're, we're getting nothing for all those dollars. We want a draft and we want it in June so that we can build, you know, up here in Canada, they really will build two weeks of coverage around it. And this is important to us. And you know what? We you kind of owe us something because we've been throwing money at you and not really getting our, our money's worth on it for years now. And NBC, you know, not not as much, but NBC's contract remember is up soon. So you you want them to be happy. I don't oh, actually have a problem with the with the NHL saying, you know what, we're going to do what the TV partners want, even if it's not the best thing. And I got to say, I like that for once, finally. We have a situation where it sounds like Gary Bettman and, and whoever else is actually trying to push through what they think is best for the league instead of just letting the GMs vote for it. I kind of like the, that when I heard that the GMs don't like this, but it's happening anyways, I was kind of like, you know what? Good. Finally, let's, let's, let, let's have some leadership that says this is what is best for the league instead of just throwing it out to a vote for 31 people who always just vote for whatever makes their job easier we know that we, you know we've, we've got the rule book we've got the standings we've got everything is just whatever these guys makes their job easy today uh you know what if they don't like it but the league thinks it's in the it's in their best interest then they should then they should do it and i don't really care that the gms don't seem to like it in fact that i kind of see that as a selling point at this point <laughs> Let, okay, I mean, I'll say yeah, this, right? It is yeah. a lot of the complaining I'm seeing about it is, well, it's not fair mm-hmm. that they're just basically going to give Detroit the first overall pick or, you know, at worst, the second overall pick. That's not fair because, you know, they, they're changing the rules. And it's like, right, but they changed the rules, what, like five years ago because they were like, oh, we don't want teams that are uh, trying to be bad to to get the first pick but also nobody's been this fucking bad in a really long time so i can't you know like we we've said it on the podcast before how are you gonna say the red wings don't deserve the first overall pick based on how this year went because they didn't 
it's not like they they went and and just put out a bunch of like guys on league minimum contracts. Steve, uh, I, well, no, Steve Eiserman took the pretty much took the uh, the roster that Ken Holland gave him and didn't really try to improve it. And I don't think that's the same uh-huh. thing as no, being but, the Buffalo it's, Sabers it's, in 2013 no, or whatever. Be- but it's different. Sh- it's different shades of the same color. Like I wrote about it this week. Like the idea that Red Wings fans are trying to propagate that their team didn't tank is a fucking joke. Like okay, of y- course. But, but there's you can't ways listen to, to do the, it. Like you, the, you, these are the stupid. Like you can't. You can't listen to. Well, you know what I think. My favorite team does uh, was good. Like yeah, no shit. They're always going to think that. I had people telling me legitimately that David Krejci was a Hall of Famer this week. Like not just. <laughs> Like you gotta be fucking <laughs> do you wanna, kidding me. Do you want a sidebar? Sidebar in that that was that was a, a, a an article on the Athletic, right, by yeah. Joe McDonald and Fluto, Fluto Shinzawa, uh, who claimed they put out like a, a, a reader poll for Bruins fans and said which of these like five guys should be a Hall of Famer or whatever. And obviously, like Chara and Bergeron are like leading the pack, and there's Tim Thomas was on there too, was, yeah. There's votes for for Thomas or Chuka or whatever, and fucking David Krejci, according to the fans, gets like twelve percent of the vote, and it's like okay, whatever. But then these two are, are like, obviously Krejci's a Hall of Famer, and because uh, he's got, he's got the criteria to be a Hall of Famer, and I'm like, like you can actually hear the fucking record scratch in the background. You're like, what the yeah, fuck are you a, talking it's, about? It's an all time great take to me. I, I think that's it's, just like classic uh, beat writer brain. But, where like, it's like but I like, covered this guy every day for ten years, so I think he's an it, all-time great. Okay, let's. I mean, let's just take it in increments. Like, is is in his career is David Krejci one of the top five centers in the league? No, of course right? not. Is David Krejci one of the top ten centers in the league at any point during his career? He's not a top twenty center in the league at any point. In his I think he, I, I think he could sneak in the top twenty. No, I, 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 that's, maybe that's one where I was going to start. He broke he broke seventy points one year in his entire career. The 70 points is good. Yeah, I mean, and, like, it was, and it happened one time. There's a lot of guys who had really big offensive years one time. I think maybe top 25, right? Like you take the top center from all, like most teams. Yeah, I understand then those, like, how this the works. Guy. Maybe, top, maybe like top 30, but like fucking Hall of Fame. At best, he was the third best player on his own team maybe once. So no, I mean, yeah, of course it's crazy. Of course it's crazy. It was it was a very odd odd thing. Um, I don't. I, it was such a it, it was such a declarative aside. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, like, for sure. Oh, who who among us doesn't know that David Krejci is is the Hall of Famer? And again, from it was the, so fucking strange. It, it, it's from the author of the classic. Sean Thornton deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as Bobby or Cam Neely and Terry O'Reilly. Genius. So like th- this well, is what we're, this is know. the level we're operating on. But I mean, I, but that, that I mean that part's indisputable. Um, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh yeah, the, the lottery. Listen, I, I, I uh, two things. The red, the Red Wings tanked. There are two different ways to tank. Sean, I know you've, you've written about this before. Like you could do the strip mining, uh, all in bullshit. Tim Murray Sabers tank, or you can just kind of let your team die on the vine. And and as you yeah. watch, you know Tatar and Nyquist and Zetterberg and Mrazek and Jensen and all these guys leave or get traded or retire or whatever and then there's no effort to replace any of them because you're just letting letting this thing well, fucking the, I mean fester. no th- that's not why the Red Wings are, are were one of the most expensive teams in the league this year and that wasn't Steve Eiserman's fault right 
it, it's Ken Holland's fault. And, and so they go with the youth movement as, as much as they can. They've got a bunch of contracts they can't move. The, the weirdest fucking argument that I, was, that I had from Red Wings fans this week was this idea that the, they're like, what did you expect Eiserman to do? The team is terrible. Nobody wanted to come play here. And we have players that we can't trade. I'm like, that's my fucking point. <laughs> that's why it's yeah, you're right there, off the season. <laughs> look, there, there's a thin line between like I, I don't like these arguments over whether teams tanked or not, only because tanking can mean different things. And usually the argument is just two people who have different definitions yelling at each other on something that they don't actually disagree. Like there is the idea of tanking as in let's get actively worse, which is 2015 Sabres. It's 2016 Maple Leafs, the second half of the season, after they kind of tried for the first half, and then suddenly anybody who got a paper cut was put on the IR for the rest of the year, and they were they had their AHL team for the last 20 games, basically. And then there's just, we're bad, we know we're going to be bad, let's just be fine. bad, yes. have the growing pains, and we'll get a high pick, and we're not going to go, and we're not going to bring in veterans. And, and okay, if you want to say that's not tanking, whatever, it's be it's intentionally putting a bad team on the ice and accepting that for right. partly strategic reasons. I mean, yeah, the Red Wings are terrible. Although to Ryan's point about them being the worst, like the what, 2017 Avalanche, like that wasn't that long ago. That team was almost and maybe even worse than than this one, and ended up picking fourth in the lottery because after all of that misery, they still fell three spots. My my thing here is I don't get what problem the NHL thinks they're solving. Right. Because, right. Yes, because absolutely. it's been described as there as like one change to the lottery, which is we're going back to the old set. But it's actually there's two things they're changing. They're changing they they want to change to say if you win the lottery you can only move up four spots instead of moving all the way to number one. Because they don't want a team, they don't want to do the lottery, have a team win the lottery, then have a playoff format where that team goes to the playoffs and wins the Ugh. Stanley Cup. I don't see why that would be a problem. I know most people yeah, don't who understand. who gives a shit? Exactly. Again, who gives a shit? Right. You know who cares is the GMs, right? So again, this is no, the but, GMs but, getting but like, control everything. The, the, the I, thing I is agree this, with right? you. It's like, not it's not a problem yeah. if that happens. It's a it's a miracle run. It, it's people have run the numbers. It's like a less than one percent chance it would even happen. But I I will concede that if you think that's a problem, limiting how far you can move up in the draft solves that problem. But then why are we only picking one team? Why aren't we still picking three teams? That's the part that you're. I I, I still I've asked a bunch of people what problem is this solving? Nobody has an answer. So it it's very hard not to look at it and go, oh, this is just a way to do a little favor to the Red Wings. And look, I mean, I know Wings fans are like, oh, well, you didn't complain when the Leafs got Austin Matthews. Believe me, when it was the Austin Matthews-Patrick Laney draft, if like two weeks before that draft, the NHL was like, oh, by the way, we're changing the rules. Uh, the Leafs now have a 60% chance at Matthews and a 100% chance of getting Laney yeah. if they don't get back. Like, like, like people would be fine yeah. with that. No, of course not. People would have lost their minds. As, People would have lost it, their minds. That's a great point. Because, yeah, because it's so they changed, ridiculous. They to, changed the rules for that draft. They changed. They, that's what that was the first draft that had the right. three different. But they draws. changed them the year before. They didn't wait right. until they knew which teams it would help or hurt. Right. And then and then make the change. Like if, but, uh, you know, I, I I I'm look. I'm fine with if you're going to make a change that's going to blatantly and transparently help one team. Go ahead and help Detroit. It's a great market. 
they are le- a legitimately bad team. Uh, it's an important market, you know, new arena, the original six, all this stuff. Go ahead. But I, it'd be nice if there was some plausible explanation beyond, hey, everybody, look over there. Now, We're going to do a June draft and... Hold on. You, now, you are you are being awfully conspiratorial here. I mean, show me another time when the NHL bend over backwards to help the Detroit Red Wings so their fans don't have to stay up till 930 to watch games at night. Oh, I, show hmm. me another time. <laughs> Ooh, I look, I'm, I'm not going down that road because I know every Red Wings, this is something I learned this week, is that every Red Wings fan thinks the NHL has it out for them. It's uh, insane. Insane. It's, it's 100%. You're look, absolutely I think, right. I, I have a theory. I, I have a theory on that. I think it tracks back to the All-Star game because that they were the first team to get punished for guys skipping the All-Star game when Datsuk and – I think it was Datsuk and Lidstrom, right, that got punished for it. So I think they've had it in the back of their minds the entire time that the NHL has it in for them since that I, fucking point. I, I got to say, man, I, as a Leafs fan, I hate it when a whole fan base is judged by, like, the loudest and dumbest – among them, <laughs> but I gotta say, man, this week was not a good week for Red Wings fans. This week, welcome to my entire my, my, life from uh, I would say 2010 oh, to uh, 14. I, like the Red Wings, if if I, I don't have a second favorite team, but if I had one, it would probably be the Red Wings. Like I, I there isn't oh, any yeah. team that I have more. Like this was Norris Division running mates through the 80s. My team has played them in the playoffs one time, and they won a Game 7 overtime, and it was awesome. Uh, then the Red Wings go on. They, they put together like this stacked roster. They're a great team. They have the greatest rivalry in modern history with the Avalanche, like just entertaining as hell. for like, I, The Red Wings are crazy. But I, like, I had somebody uh, this week, uh, it, was so, it made me laugh so much because he's like, ah, yeah. Good to see the Red Wings living rent free in your head. It was like, dude, I have not thought about Classic. the Detroit Red Wings since November. <laughs> like, a lot of people are just remembering the Red Wings exist for the first time this week. Like, dial it yeah. down just a bit, buddy. That was the weirdest thing about all the arguments that I had with these knuckleheads this week. Was like, my gripe was exactly what you were talking about, which is the NHL changing its rules on the fly because of a, a pandemic. Basically saying, hey, the last four years of us. You know, claiming that tanking was a was a was a fucking uh, disgrace to the league, and we have to change our rules to prevent it. Uh, now we'll just hand either the first or second overall pick to the worst team of the last twenty years. Um, like my problem is the NHL being fucking hypocritical about shit, but Red Wings fans somehow interpreted that as, "Oh, y'all hating because we got the first pick." No, yeah. no, it's great that you got the first <laughs> pick. You guys are fucking terrible. You need all or, the help you can get. The, the, or the other was like, they're like, "Oh, the conspiracy theory." Like, no, this isn't a cons- conspiracies. Are like shadowy things that happen in the background. Yeah, the NHL the just league. said it's happening. Yeah, this is the right. putting out a press release going like we're helping the Red Wings, this just so the, everybody this knows. This is the CIA going. By the way, we shot Kennedy in Dealey Plaza. Like we, we had we had shooters there. Like okay, yeah. Which by yeah. the way, if you haven't the seen only... that thread from this week, oh boy, that's a oh, great that thread. Was good. Yeah, the thing that you that you had that you RT'd was really good. Yeah. The, the 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 all of the. Um, like uh, was it like like communist ties and CIA ties to uh, to Oswald? It's fucking cool. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. No, exa- you're exactly right. And so uh, it was blatant, and it's it's here's the help, and and that's again that's great. They're fucking terrible. They were they they were they. Were, I looked at, I looked it up. 
the worst team since the 99-2000 Atlanta Thrashers. They have a lower points percentage than that That's Colorado team. That's what I'm saying. They're are. awful. Yeah. They deserve to have the number one pick. And guess what? So does every other worst team in the league every single right. year. The draft lottery is stupid. They should get well, now, I mean, they should get rid of the draft altogether. But, you know, th- that's not going to happen. <laughs> the draft lottery, I have a complicated relationship with the draft lottery. It's entertaining, um, but it's stupid. Is what I, I would like say. There being a f- I like there being a fail safe in the sense that if you tear down your team and you try to get the first overall pick, I like I like the sort of chaos aspect of it not being guaranteed. Now, I don't have any problem with with you know the old format of the draft where if you're one of the t- five worst teams in the league, then you have a chance at the first overall pick, but you're not guaranteed to get it. That's that's fine by me. I don't like the whole three different lotteries for th- the top three picks, even though yeah. it's benefited the Devils, yeah. you know, twice. No, um, yeah. So, but you like, ha- you but have I do to like have that though, because otherwise you get the years where there's two franchise players and then. The race to the bottom is on, which is what ha- I mean. What happened here is the Sabers and Coyotes took it too far in 2015 right. and kind of ruined it for everybody. When there was McDavid and Eichel, everyone talks about the tank for McDavid, but if it had just been McDavid that year, it it wouldn't have been a problem because you'd be tanking for go ahead, tank for a 20 percent chance at a franchise player if you need to. It was the fact that there was this fallback that whoever finished last, if you didn't get McDavid, you were going to get Jack Eichel. It suddenly. Now it's it's just now you got eh, let's trade all our goalies and let's have our own fans cheer against us when we're playing other teams and it 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 Which went is too far fine, it was embarrassing though, but it's fine eh. like is if it? you if you yeah if you want to the if players are like, pretty pissed look, look the players a, were furious about it so well right but like if you're going look we're a we're a f- sports franchise worth five hundred million dollars and we're going to be intentionally bad and piss off everybody who is associated with this team because we think. Connor McDavid is that fucking valuable, then, like, fine. Like, right off the year. I don't care about that. That's that's just, like, you know, making, making a business decision at the end of the day. Yeah, but, it's, but the problem is when three teams make the same business decision, and now you've got – and now it becomes a joke. You've got a total race to the bottom, and at some point, like, you got teams. Teams have got to be – at least somewhat trying to win out there because you got other teams playing them that actually are trying to win something and the whole thing becomes a joke. Like it's, it's, I, I like, I like the lottery as it is now. You know, if, if you're bad, it's certainly weighted in your favor. The worst case scenario, and when I say the way it is now, I'm the way it was last year because <laughs> uh, they haven't, they haven't changed it yet, but who knows? They'll, before the, before the trouble. It sounds like they're going to. Before but these challenging times. The worst, the worst that could happen is you, you've, get the fourth overall pick you know what the fourth overall pick's pretty high man like if you can't do anything with the fourth overall pick maybe your team just isn't very good top to bottom and if that is some sort of disaster like oh no we only got the fourth overall pick like like colorado had the fourth overall pick a couple of times and they finished last and i mean they got some pretty good players out of it so mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know this idea that Oh, my team is bad, and now instead of picking first, they have to pick fourth. How terrible! Like, come on, man. Like, maybe then, maybe don't be the worst team in the league by right. But like, who was the fourth pick the year Connor McDavid got drafted? Right? Like, that's that's uh, the Mitch difference. Marner. Yeah, Mitch okay. Marner. So, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dylan Strome was number three. Dylan, like, like, Arizona was a team that got screwed that year. Difference between Mitch Marner and Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel. Not, fi- not financially. That's um, true. <laughs> the, uh, the two yeah. things. The two things I'll say. One. 
I I have a different take on that that Buffalo Coyotes thing because I remember there being that huge outrage about the fans like quote unquote rooting against their team. They're not rooting against their team. They're ultimately rooting for the outcome that would benefit their team the in the most. long run. That's what right. I'm saying. In the long run, yeah. So I, I always thought that that mischaracterization of those fans was unfair. Like they are clearly rooting for the ultimate success of their team, just knowing yes. that it had to be but, at the expense of a, reg- a regular season win yeah, against yeah, the like, Buffalo like, Coyotes. Well, cheering for another team scoring an overtime goal like in their own building. Like it's, I yeah, don't think it's cool. that bad of a characterization. <laughs> The other thing, though, is is that uh, you know we we we've talked about this in the last couple of minutes, but like I got no problem with 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 a team tanking. Like if you want to if you want to break it down, cost your team money, you know, alienate fans, you know, invest in a season that's just completely lost and all this other shit. Like fuck, man, you know, more power to you. You know, if you, and and to not have it be a guaranteed that you get the top overall pick, even more power to you. Then so, that's the key. If if you want to if you want to gamble for lottery odds, go ahead. I mean, there's yeah. no realistic way to stop. But it shouldn't be guaranteed, and it certainly shouldn't be something that gets guaranteed to you 70 games into the season with a rule change when Agreed. everybody knows you're the only team that it's it's not even like we can come back and the 12 games might change the result. Like they're that far behind. We all know what one and only one team this is helping. It's a little weird, and it's and it's to, and it's to do it like you said for a reason that is so fucking batshit uh, and 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 crackpot that it doesn't make any sense. There's uh, even Bill Daly said this. I'll find the line in it. He actually says this in, in the memo about the um, the the team same team winning the draft lottery. And, and okay, he says. Uh, this is certainly a possibility, and he puts air quotes around possibility, but we think it is a very remote possibility, and it is extremely unlikely to happen. And then he explains what we're going to do to try to prevent it. Like, it's such a fucking—it is it's putting a Band-Aid where there is no wound. Like, yeah. it, it's such and, and, a bizarre decision. And, and again, the limiting it to just one team doesn't even address that in any way. Yeah. It's The only explanation I've heard, one person said— the the reason maybe they go to one team instead of three is that with three, it gets a little bit weird because what happens if the first team you draw is like the team with the 10th best odds? And so, okay, they move up to sixth, but then the next team is the team with the eighth best odds. So they move up to four, even though the first team won the lottery, but they get a better pick. And does the other team go back? And so it does get confusing, but it's the type of confusing that you think about it for 30 seconds and you're like, no, we could still do it. Like you just pick three teams uh-huh. Everybody moves up, you lock in, and then you announce the results. Like, maybe you lose the whole, like, this team won, and this team came in second, and this team came in third. But, like, if that's the reason they're doing it, that's not a very good reason. Like, sit down, think about this for 30 more seconds, and don't mm-hmm. give off the appearance that you're blatantly trying to help one team over all the others. Right. As we've talked about on this show many times, find out what it is you do. Right? You had all summer. Something like that, yeah. They will have all. Well, um, they won't have all summer. They have. They want. They weeks. had all spring. Yeah. Right. The other. The other batshit thing from the from the draft proposal is the conditional picks thing. Now, granted, this is something that's only going to affect like fifteen trades that have already happened. But if you, we just got done talking about like the optics of the NHL trying to f- maybe grease the skids for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. How how will it go over when the NHL is the final arbitrator of 
what the conditions on a draft pick are for a trade that already happened. Because that's the that's the plan back for this conditional picks thing. It's like yes. if you've got a situation where a conditional pick, the conditions haven't been satisfied because we're holding the draft before the season's completed, we're going to give you seven days for the U2 teams to figure your shit out and make like a side deal or whatever. If you can't, the NHL will decide for you yep. what the conditions on the pick should be. That got, is fucking I got to be honest, shit. I there The parent in me kind of likes this. This is that old. This is your sand of the two kids. You're like, you guys figure it out. And if you don't, I'm going to figure it out for you. And you're not going to like it. And I got a feeling that we're going to see teams figure this out on their own. They're going to come back with. I think so, too. And I hope so, because like you want to talk about perceptions of bias. Like the minute the NHL rules in favor of one team over another and it's one of the league's darlings, like. You know, it's going to be fucking. Well, the, it's going to be chaos. Like if if you know the guy the team picks with like the fifth pick or the fifth round pick, it, that's the condition on this trade. Uh, if that guy tur- somehow turns into like an all star or something, the amount of bitching we're going to hear about it for the next ten years is going <laughs> to be very funny. Yeah, it's it's tremendous. Um, so it's it's an interesting plan um i I mean do we all think it's going to happen for june 5th or do you think there's still a chance that the uprising of gm i think there's a chance that the i mean this is the nhl clearly wants to do this uh and they're they're basically putting this in motion in a way that says like if you don't want it you got to really make a strong case and you better really be able to marshal some support for that because they're they're moving towards it with a lot of momentum let's put it that way Speaking of momentum, let me put this out there in the world because Emily and I talked about this on the other podcast this week. Um, <clears throat> we all assume that arenas will be opened up for the 2020-21 season um, if they start it in December. Uh, Baseball is going to have fans back at some point. The NFL seems like they're not even worried about fans coming back. Like They're just going to be there when they start playing. Um, we don't know about the NBA. They're probably in the same boat as the NHL. Question is... Would it make sense for the NHL to just wait until September to try to do this season and then have a month of off season and then come back and play the next season? Like, wouldn't that be smarter than trying to figure out where to play in July? And then there, you could maybe even get some fans in the building for the games? If, if you thought you could get fans in the building in September, maybe. The, the problem is they still sound like they want to finish the season. Which yes. means you now right. need you now need three months really to do it. You need a month of season and then two months of the playoffs. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I September October might not give you enough time. Uh, but yeah, they I, only need about a month for the off season, according to Bill Daly. Especially if they already got the draft out of the way, you know, that, that for free agency and shit like that. So I don't know. It's something that that I I I I, I just it's hard to. It's hard to conceive a, a situation where if they believe they can come back in December and play games in front of fans, why they wouldn't just wait as long as they could to try to play these games in front of fans. Like, if they're going to spend an exorbitant amount of money to stage games in empty arenas if they do this for arena plan. Like, if they could possibly wait it out and play in local arenas or even you know play in centralized locations where fans can get in the building um it just kind of makes more sense doesn't it i think the reason is that they don't think there's a realistic chance that they're going to have fans in all buildings 
in September. Mm-hmm. In some places, maybe. Um, yeah. But then it gets into like that's this whole thing about like neutral sites and oh well, where's it going to be? It, it as long as the facilities work, if the buildings are empty, it doesn't really matter where you are. There's no home ice advantage for the Leafs being in Toronto. I mean, maybe they're a little more familiar with the facilities or whatever, but that that's not going to matter. <laughs> you bring fans in, suddenly it's, you know, because this is like Jay Glazer and his uh, mailbag for the NFL had a like an interesting point. Somebody was like, what if we get to September when the NFL is going to start and half the teams are allowed to have fans and half of them aren't? Yeah. What do you do then? Like, do you, yep. you like, oh, okay, so my home games are in an empty stadium, but then I got to go to Seattle and get my ears blown out by those. <laughs> Is that right. fair? And, and like his answer, he was like, no, that's a non-starter. You can't do that. I don't know if that's the case for the NFL. I'm, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be in the NHL because they, they, they're just so hungry for whatever gate receipts they can get. But I, I think the odds that you've got 31 full buildings in September is pretty close to zero. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting. So, Can, can we just throw uh, one, more, one more thing out there? Just because we kind of, in, in talking about the uh, those conditional trades, because Ryan and I both have the right idea on this, which is you can fix a lot of these issues. Just reopen trading. Yep. Yep. trading Second back. trade Why, deadline. If we're changing everything else, including how many teams make the playoffs, including how this, you know, including when the draft is the lottery everything else i like i mean ryan's take was a little more nuanced and and, and, and detailed whereas mine is we just cancel the trade deadline trading's back yeah. on from now until whenever the games start go mm. and, and mm. if you're a te- especially if you're a team that sold at the deadline because you were like we're well we're six points out of the playoffs but now suddenly the playoffs are gonna have 24 teams and you're gonna be in them we should be able to trade again let's just throw that it, it, you want something do you want some content for those tv networks Let's let's go here. Here right. we go. Let's fire this up. And that's the fundamental problem of the draft that I brought up earlier is that mm-hmm. they're that's just like, one, yeah. oh, uh, you know, you've heard of none of these players. Watch this for four hours. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if they're like, oh, and by the way, we can almost guarantee that like name brand players are going to get traded from teams that are very clearly not going to make the playoffs, even in an expanded format or something like that. Well, okay, like that, that is interesting. And that's a reason to tune in. And, you know, like Rob Blake, I think, said it the other day of like, it's hard for me to look at this and go, oh, it'll matter that I have to go get my team back together and have them train for a month and a half and then uh, get their asses kicked for six games and then they all go home again. They should just yeah. say, well, it, you know, if you're out of the playoff picture by X number of points and, and you don't realistically have a shot to, to make it, then stay home and, you know, all your guys who are pending UFAs or even guys you want to trade who are under contract, like, trade them. And I also said, trade you know, and I also said uh, they should say, and by the way, when everybody comes back, there's no salary cap because that'll make trades go crazy. Well, for the- it, it, it would, but I think to Sean's point, though, what's interesting about a, 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 like a second trade deadline type situation is the knowledge that um, the salary cap is going to be flat. Like the two, the two conditions that have changed since the last trade, since the trade deadline are one, uh, <laughs> the cap's going to be flat because there's no more revenue, and two, um, 
the economic situations for all these teams have probably changed too. Yep. Either the teams and, themselves and or the people that own the teams. Playoff teams potentially, which is right. also a pretty big, uh, pretty big change that I think teams should have a chance to account for if they want. Right. So, like now, the math has changed for next season. Um, so, if you thought that you could keep a guy around because the, the cap was going to go up a certain amount of money and you're going to be all right. Well, now it's flat. Now you get to start having to make those decisions on on who gets cut from the roster. Well, this would afford you the opportunity that you would otherwise have at the yes. draft to because that's that's the two things that draft that I love about the draft that we're not going to get are those trades that are specifically made for salary cap considerations. Uh, Subban and Marlowe were both last year. Um, and the other thing that that we can't really replace unfortunately is the draft serves as your jumping off point to free agency yeah, and July the off season. Yep. And and you 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 I mean there's no way to do that if you do a June 5th draft. Um, because you're going to have you're going to just have to be like yeah, whenever we get around to it, <laughs> Taylor Hall's going to be available. Like it it just doesn't work. Um but the trade thing if you opened up a second trade window, like that would suffice for the teams that want to reconfigure their rosters with an eye towards next season um or towards it's not a bad idea the rest of this season which has just radically changed in a way that nobody could have and and the other piece of this is the trade like the nhl trade deadline from this year feels like it was six years ago for obvious reasons it was six games ago as far as the nhl season is actually concerned Right. It's not that big a gap. Like if you're like it's too late in the season. We used to have the trade deadline later than this. The trade deadline used to be with like 75 games into the year. So we've done this before. Like just open it back up, give every give everybody something to talk about. Give us Get some Taylor of Taylor Hall on a playoff team. Yeah, exactly. Get <laughs> yeah. Joe Thornton on a playoff team. Remember there that whole go. deal where he didn't Hell get traded yeah. and he was bummed out? I mean, get him now before he shaves his playoff. Oh crap! All right, well, it's too oh, late for that. Fuck. But can you believe that? Yeah. He looked—he looked like ten years younger, he man. Really did. It was incredible. But uh, yeah, I was shocked. Bring back trading. I—I I, I I put that out there, and people are like, "Ha It's a good—you know—you're doing one of those satire." That no, I'm not. This is an actual, real thing the NHL should do that would make way more sense than screwing with the lottery. But. And know. it's also it's also just for from an entertainment standpoint and yeah. getting fans engaged. Like, oh Remember, shit, did you see the you know uh, the Jets gave up their first round? I think the Jets already gave up their first round pick. But did you see the Jets gave up their first round pick for Taylor Hall? Incredible! Wow. Yeah. Remember those fans that like, <clears throat> wanted, aren't going to be able to actually get into a building to watch hockey for? Like, how about we do something for them? No. no. Right. You know, I, I've been meaning to mention this to you, Sean, about your writing, because uh, you mentioned your satires uh, or just now. I think I, I, I detect there's been a subtle shift away from the Dan Goes Brown satirical writing. And I feel like a lot of your stuff now is very much like there's a thought in my head that I can't get out of my head. Yeah. And I'm going to dive down this fucking rabbit hole yes. like I'm doing a YouTube video about QAnon to figure well, out what, the, what everything is that I'm trying to figure not. out here. Yeah. That's a different yeah. account for him. And also <laughs> <laughs> the, the nice thing about being known as like the humor and satire guys, you can throw your real ideas out there. And then when everyone's like, you idiot, you're like, I was joking. Come on. Like, you can't you? Don't you the guys? There's a Swiftian the uh, satire, and you fell for it, and then you go back to your dark like, room and cry. Like twice a week, it would be like, here, here, here's what actually happened on the phone call with the GMs, and and now it's like twice a week, it's it's like Yarmir Yager 
Brian Scrudland and Tom Barrasso. What do they all mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking love it. Yep. It's great. Yeah. I think it's, it's indicative it's of our times. It's going to be a lot worse over the next little while. So, uh, yeah, no yeah. shit, right? Please bring trading back so I can write some normal articles. <laughs> it's great. Uh, honestly, what you're doing is is thought-provoking and interesting and original. Um, and that's not to say that picking all-time teams for the fi- the seven Canadian franchises isn't original or, yeah. or you know gotta do something but um we we were, we were talking about this briefly before the show tsn's doing all-time teams for all uh canadian teams and you di- you didn't have a problem with the ottawa senators including ottawa senators from like the 1920s right. that were a completely different franchise well i mean the, the whole first of all the whole thing is is kind of weird if you're down in the states you probably haven't seen it because they're only doing the seven canadian teams but they're doing all-time rosters, but with like a couple of weird ground rules thrown in. Like you have to have a you had current to have player. One, yeah, one current player, which is why like Carey Price showed up on the Canadians ahead of like uh, like Jacques Plante Ken or Dryden. Patrick Waugh <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And and then there's also like they, they get a there's some other rules involved. Which, by the way, for me, if you're if you're going to be like let's build rosters but throw in some weird ground rules, like I'm I'm in. Like it, it that's that's pretty much. Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> but and, and it's, you know, it's one of these things, it's just to create debate or whatever else. But yeah, for Ottawa, they included the original, uh, franchise, which is, is a completely different franchise. It's 70 years ago, whatever, but they're trying to get some history in it. This is an expansion team. It goes back to 93. You're, you know, you're, you want some of that old timey history. And the thing I like most about it is they haven't done the Winnipeg Jets yet, but clearly when they do the Jets, they're going to do them properly by only counting teams yeah. called Winnipeg Jets and not doing what you guys would do and put Ilya Kovalchuk as like on the all-time Winnipeg <laughs> Jets team, which would make no sense at all in any manner of which fans in Winnipeg actually talk about their hockey team. Well, the right, but they sense. talk about yeah. their hockey team wrong because they they ignore <laughs> the history. They're like, oh, this is an expansion team we got, and it it just d- didn't exist before 2012 or whatever the fuck year. They, Ilya they Kovalchuk moved, was like, never a Winnipeg Jet. If your list of Winnipeg Jets has, like, Kerry Layton in on it, you are way too caught up in... I don't even know why you'd be in technicalities well, and not how... Like, no Winnipeg Jet fan is like... Yeah, Kovalchuk was better then, than. But, I wish we'd had that Salani guy, but we never did. But Kovalchuk was a great Winnipeg Jet. Like that's but not a thing off, anyone. Your cutoff has to be like 2012, then, because the way I always see it is this: um, I think it's contingent on what the what the actual franchise does with its history. And by that I mean, if the Arizona Coyotes never acknowledge their Winnipeg Jets roots, right, then it would make sense for the Jets to be able to claim that history. But the Coyotes do recognize they do. their Winnipeg As Jets, they roots, you know, and and uh, and you know they recognize Shane Doan played for both teams and Kachuk played for both teams and things like that. So I feel like it's kind of hard for two teams to both claim the same legacy. Okay. Uh, and as well, long the as Jets the Coyotes were there first, are- so let them claim it then, because it's <laughs> no, it's not. Look, I, I, if you're talking about like who holds the franchise record or whatever, fine. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, I'm just saying if I'm a hockey fan i'm an nhl fan living in winnipeg to me Mm -hmm. the winnipeg jets are a team i cheered for as a kid in the 80s and 90s 
They went away, and then a version of them came back, and that is the new Jets. And if you want to call it Jets 2.0, whatever, that's fine. But you can't sit there and go like, oh, Timu Solani, he never played for your team, but Ilya Kovalchuk did. Screw off. That's not how any actual fan remembers <laughs> their hockey fan experience. But the point is, it's two different fucking teams. Like, yeah, you, you go, well, I cheered for two different teams. Now, they were both called the Winnipeg Jets. And that's weird, but that's... Well, okay, then, well, if you're making an all-time Winnipeg Jet roster, then there you go. They were all Winnipeg Jets. That's it. That's how you do it. So TSN is doing it right. Uh, they're doing, they're doing like, they're invoking the Cleveland Browns rule, which is the, the right way to approach yeah. this. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I, for that. I did my, that line, that best lines thing uh, this week, where I look back at the last 30 years for teams and did their... Best line during that span, best current line, then cult classic line. And when I did the Jets, I only did it back to to when they moved. So like their best line That's is, is Lad it. Wheeler, Lad Wheeler and Little. Their cult classic is the, is the GST line. Their best current line is you know Connor Shifley and, and Wheeler. Like I I I'm fine if you don't want to include the Thrashers in their history, but their history then starts at like 2012. Correct. It's it's your piece. You can do it however you want. I'm just saying if you're, if you're saying Timu Solani was not a Winnipeg Jet, you have gone way too far down the rabbit hole of well, he was a Winnipeg and, Jet, yeah. but this Winnipeg Jets is a different thing from the previous Winnipeg Jets. It let's put it this way: it's like if Gallagher two didn't have the two, <laughs> right? Holy shit! Like like that's what it is. It's just a different guy, and he's got the mustache, and he's he's the suspenders, and he's hitting stuff with a big hammer. That's fine. But, like, he's not Gallagher. You know why? Because this is America. That's all I remember from his actual, like, stand-up before he smashed the fruit. There was a, there was a big couch. I seem to remember that from my Comedy Central watching days. But I remember, I remember there being, like, before he would smash the fruit, he would do a lot of, this is America kind of stuff. And then he would yeah, also him kind and, of uh, do, like... Childish Gambino. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He would also do, like, Junior League George Carlin wordplay would be the other Mm -hmm. thing that Gallagher would do. Oh, I remember. Yeah, why can't you push a belly button? You know, kind of shit like that. Um, Let's just cut right to it. Sean, what did you think of the Leafs team that they did? Austin Matthews It it was fine, again, with the weird rules that they had. And the other rule that that isn't a weird rule, but they they said it's you got to have – you got to stick to positions. No – putting centers on the wing or anything like that. And the thing with the Leafs mm-hmm. is their history is they, they've had like the center is by far their strongest position. Uh, and the wings right wing is pretty strong left wing. Not so much. So you, you, you end up putting like, it, it looks weird to have like Bob Pulford on the team, but not Daryl Sittler. But if you have to have someone from right. the current team, that's probably Austin Matthews. Maybe it should be Morgan Riley. Cause the defense isn't great in, in Leafs history. You could slide Would him in there, ca- but would you have had Caberlet on there before uh, Riley? Yeah, I would. Like yeah. Caberlet was really good. He he probably isn't he was really good. appreciated enough. So yeah. I, but that's correct. You know, it's it's one of those things where once you accept the you know the like there's there's six centers if you count Matthews, at least six centers that should be on the team, but you only have four spots. So there's going to be some people left off, and that's you know I wouldn't have left Sittler off. I would have found a way to to get him on. Uh, even even ahead of Gilmore, I probably wouldn't have done like like the other guy would be Marner, but right wing's pretty strong, and there isn't like a left wing that's fits in. It's it's for fun. 
it's I, I didn't think they did a terrible job. It stirred up debate, but you know, when people are like, You have to you have to put Daryl Sittler on this team. Okay, where? What spot? Well, but you have to. Okay, we get it. Who are you taking off? Uh, you got it. You have to put Daryl Sittler. It's like, dude, this is the numbers only fit in a certain number. Like we gotta get a get them in there. So uh yeah. it was fine. It was it was not what I would have come up with necessarily, but it's 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 all for fun and uh it, I thought they did. They did reasonably well. I, I think so too, and, and I actually got an education, and I actually applied this education to um, my Lions story. I've, I've often talked about how the Edmonton Oilers 1980s teams are a little bit foreign to me, um, even though I was of the age where I was watching hockey at the time the dynasty was going on. My access to games from the Western Conference, or the uh, Campbell Conference as it were, uh, was very limited. So I didn't really have a very big understanding of the Oilers at the time. So I was kind of surprised to see Craig Simpson make the Oilers team. But yeah. that line with Simpson, Messier, and Anderson was fucking phenomenal. Uh, and it kind of makes sense within that context, even though, like, I mean, you look at the left wings in the team, like Ryan Smith, Leon Dreisaitl, Esatikinen. Like, that all makes sense to me. I don't necessarily put Craig Simpson in the pantheon of those guys. But but he's there, and it and it makes sense when you look at how good that line as a, as a whole was. He was a first overall pick. He did have did he have fifty goals with Edmonton? No, he was the first guy to get traded halfway through a fifty goal season, and because that was the thing, he didn't mm. stay in Edmonton very long. So uh, it was or no, he yeah. How long was he in Edmonton? He for? was there. No, he was there for the ninety cup. Like that's he right. Was, he, he went for to Edmonton, Edmonton for Vic. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on here. I'll find it. He was... Because he went in the coffee um, trade. I had him going the right, other way. Yeah, but yeah, so, so he... Yeah, right, he he's, traded to Edmonton for coffee and, yeah, all them guys, yeah. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, I mean, that's the sort of thing. And the other thing is they, they also want to have, like, a checking line, which is weird, but that's how you get, like, Chris Neal on the all-time Senators roster. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Just crazy. Okay. I mean, it's it's their thing. If they want to... If you want to make... Put that in as a, a limitation. Go just to mix it up a little bit. Go ahead. Why not? I have to say that um, you know because we've done this podcast for so long. Uh, I, I'm so happy that remembering some guys has become the uh, battle cry. Yeah. for for all of hockey. Well, I've been else. trading for this <laughs> my on. whole life. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Sean, Sean's got a little Mac training montage from Tyson's Punch Out yeah. getting ready for this. Exactly. Lifting old hockey cards. <laughs> All right. So, in the spirit of remembering some guys, it is now time for the Puck Soup Quiz, courtesy of Quizmaster Ryan Lambert this week. That's right. Uh, so, Greg, you have been on Doug Loves Movies, right? Boy, have I. Yeah, okay. Uh, Not only have I been on Doug Loves Movies, Lambert, I have won. I didn't ask for the whole fucking backstory. Um, (laughs) So, do you remember from Doug Loves Movies the Leonard Malton game? Boy, do I. Okay. Uh, The Leonard Malton game, for those that don't know, is the game where. Cue it up, but okay. Go ahead. (laughs) No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, please please do cue it up because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, let me me recontextualize this for Sean. Sean, are you familiar with Name That Tune? I am. Okay, so (laughs) the concept is this I will give you a category and you will bid against one another to see how many clues from the player's hockey reference page. Holy you need shit. 
to name the player. Motherfucker. Um, this is great. There yeah. are three common clues that you will get for every player I give you. Their current age, the number of games they played in the NHL, and the last team they played for. These can be current players. These can be former players. These can be guys who were in the league for a cup of coffee. These can be guys who played 1,500 games. It's literally just about anybody that fits into the categories I came up with. Um, from the uh, from the list, I, I, I have ten common clues that every player will have, uh, in addition to the three normal ones. Okay, we'll start with their amateur team, then their height and weight, <laughs> their the uh, spot where they were drafted, the team that drafted them. The years they played, their career points, their uh, nation of birth, their current cap mm-hmm. hit, if there is one, the number of <laughs> points they have uh, this season, and every and finally, every NHL team they've played for. Wow. wow. And it, is, so, is it in right. that order? Like if we... It, well, it's, that's in reverse order. So if you say, I can do that in one clue, you would have, obviously, the category, their age, their games played, the last team they played for as well as just their amateur team. If you gotcha. say two, amateur okay. team, height and weight. Three, amateur okay. team, height and weight, draft spot, and so on. All right. All right. So, this is good. Uh, in the spirit of uh, Doug Loves Movies and naming games things, this is called the Hockey Reference Game, or uh, to, to pay homage to the original program that used it, name Pat Falloon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, holy shit! You are not going to be able to convince me that this entire thing was not a setup just for that. that Honestly, name. Sean, I came up with that five minutes ago. Name well, Pat that's, while, that's, I was, while I was I, thinking about it. I would have one hundred percent thought this was a snakes on a plane situation where you came up with the name and then decided to build a movie around it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, uh, one of you pick who's going to go first. And I will give you three categories to choose from. I, undoubtedly, Sean won the last game, so you can you can kick or receive. Okay. Um, Sean, what do you think, Sean? What do you? I'm Sean, I'm, what gonna, you do? I, I'm I'm still a little fuzzy on the concept, so I'm going to have Greg go first. All right. Okay. Uh, Greg, you get to choose from the following three categories, and there are three <laughs> players in each of these categories. <laughs> One, he's not Henry heavy. He's Henrik Sedin, and those are guys who are not as good as the NHLers there that are related to them. Um, that uh, the, the next category is they let you in here, and the, that's guys I can't believe are in the Triple Gold Club. And uh, then uh, there, finally, there's uh, one hit wonders, and those are guys who won exactly one major award. I'll go uh, one hit wonders. Okay. Uh, do you want? And let me ask a ca- let me ask a caveat. Is yeah. the lady Bing a major award? No. Okay. Uh, you you have uh, you can pick A, B, or C. Uh, B. Okay. B. Uh, this is a player who uh, is currently thirty nine years old. He played one thousand eighty two NHL games. And the last team he played for was the Detroit Red Wings. How 39. Many, how many clues do you need to name that player? Zero. 
Okay. <laughs> who, who is it? Wow. Henrik Zetterberg. That's correct. Yes! <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah! The one award he ever won was a Con Smythe. That's right. Woo! All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming out, folks. Jeez. All right. <laughs> well, Sean, uh, now you, you get to pick from the following three categories. Uh, the trade is Lee for me, and that's guys who were traded for Lee Stempniak. Um, <laughs> the next category is yes, more Mr. Nice Guy, and that's guys who won multiple Lady Bings. And finally, there's worked his way up from the boxcars, did he? And that's uh, NHLers who once played in the ECHL. Oh, wow. Oh, my Lord. All right. So Lee Stempniak, ECHL. Wow. Multiple Lady Bings. Yep. Uh, One and two definitely have a certain limited scope to them, it would appear. I mean, I can't imagine number three is that uh, huge a category either. But, it, uh, you know, it's bigger than you would have thought, but it's still not that big. All right. Uh, I, let's, go, uh, let's go Lady Bing. I'll, okay. Uh, Lady Bing. A, B, or C? Uh, give, me, give me a C. C. All right. Uh, this player is currently 45 years old. He played 989... NHL games, and the last team he played for was the St. Louis Blues. Oh man, you know what? I as as sad as this is, given all the roster things I've done, I feel like I might know who it is based on the games played. But we're doing Lady Bing, right? Yeah. <sighs> wow, more than multiple one Lady, Lady Bing. Bings. More than oh, okay. I see. I pay no attention to Lady Bing. The last That's team why it's you said. Tricky. Last team you said was the Blues. That's correct. All right. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna. I. I mean, Greg did it, so I got to. I got to respond here. Uh, oh. I'll, I'll do a zero clue. Okay. I Holy think shit. I know. Wow. I think I know. He feels like a Lady Bing type of player. So, uh, should, should I say my? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I think it's Paul Correa. You're correct. Wow. Holy shit. Look at you. You were like, oh, I'm so intimidated, whatever the fuck. That was great, man. I was. I was thrown oh, off I don't think by I the, pulled that. Uh, by, okay. All right. That's. All right. Um, you know, it's funny. Was when, he, when he started to go into the clue, my first thought was, was Gretzky. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, wait. He played for the Rangers, too. Yeah, I feel, yeah, <laughs> feel like there was a thing with the Rangers that he probably played more than. Because Korea like, had 989 points as well, I think. I think that was the thing with him. Is that right? Like he, he okay. Exactly he was like points per game, yeah. 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 And, and he's one of the few. I'm, I'm an expert on left wingers right now because building all these all-time rosters, there's no <laughs> yes. damn good left wingers in the NHL. So. All right. All right. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have to recycle uh, two of the categories here. Uh, the the that's new fine. one, the new one though, is and twins, and that's guys who are not successful uh, playing with the Sedines. <laughs> <laughs> so you have and twins. You have uh, he's not heavy. He's Henrik Sedin, and uh, they let you in here. Those are your three options. Uh, I'll go and twins. A, B, or C. Uh, uh, give me a B. Let's keep it rolling. B. Okay. This is. I think this one is either going to be very tough or very easy. Oh. Um, the, the player is currently 38 years old. 
He played mm-hmm. 59 career NHL games, and he oh, uh, played for uh, last played for the Anaheim Ducks. Oh no! Oh no! 59 NHL games. Well, I'm gonna have to go. There, there's 10 different categories. Uh yes. I could do it in um, in eight. Okay. Sean, do you think you could name it in fewer I'll go, than that? I'll, I'll go. I'll I'll bid seven. Okay, Greg. He said six. No, he said seven. Uh, it's six to you. Oh, you did seven. I'm, I'm not doing I'll, multiple. Uh, uh, <laughs> you could. Why not? I could. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do. Uh, I'll five. Five, Sean. He's doing five now. Is this refresh my memory? Is this so? If does you this got five clues, the three that we already have. Yes. And and so if you got five clues, you would get his amateur team, his height and weight, his draft spot, the team that drafted him, and the years he played in the NHL. Okay, so we're getting so all you get all five of those in yes. addition to the three that we already have. Okay, okay. correct. Uh, in that case, I will I will go four. Name that player, bastard. <laughs> okay, bastard. Um, his amateur team was the Halifax Mooseheads. All right. Oh, I'm Helps me not at all. He was a six foot one, 195 pound, uh, player. He was drafted. Oh, so a hockey player. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why it's not a very helpful clue. Um, (laughs) he was drafted, uh, 212th overall in the seventh round of the 2001 entry draft by the Vancouver Canucks. Hmm. Not much help if you are trying to name. Oh, that's it. I don't. There's. Oh, oh, that's right. Because that was two clues. All right. So you said his last team was the Anaheim Ducks. I did say that. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and he played. He only played like how many games did you say? Fifty nine. Fifty nine. So in the NHL. In the NHL, correct. Oh, yes. Oh, so it's Ryan Kessler. Oh no. He had a couple more than that. I think he he might have been up around seventy or eighty. And he was old, right? Like he's like late thirties, I think was the He's thirty eight now. 30, yes. 30, so could still be in yeah. the league, but not mm-hmm. likely. Not mm-hmm. a lot of guys still kicking around the league with fifty nine career games. Yeah. At thirty eight. I I have no idea. I gotta I gotta I gotta whiff on this one. Greg, do you wanna steal? I mean, stealing would connote that I haven't already won the the round because I challenged him. But uh, I don't know the answer at all. A guy who's only notable for being a Sedin line mate, um, Jason King, part of the mattress line, two two twins and a king. (laughs) Holy shit. I feel like you could have given me, like, clues up to and including here is his name, and I still would have. No, that's too obvious. Let's say Jason K. (laughs) I would have gone Krog. Yeah. Obviously. You know what? I don't yeah. think he ever played with the Sedins, though. Um, no, probably not. All right. All right. Uh, who, who, who went first last time? Greg did. Greg, Greg picked that one. Yeah. So I get so, to pick the category here. The categories, um, we will go with the Lee Stempniak trade category. We will mm. go with uh, the ECHL category. And we will go with unexpected members of the Triple Gold Club. Mm. Let's do Lee Stempniak. Okay. 
is oh, a phrase, is a phrase right I did not expect to hear myself. <laughs> a, B, or C? Uh, I did C last time, and it worked out for me, so I'll go, I'll go C. All right. Oh, all right. There we go. This NHLer uh, mm-hmm. is currently 37 years old. He played mm. 470 games in the NHL, and the last team he played for was the Buffalo Sabres. Hmm. He was once traded for Lee Stempniak. That's correct. I can name him in five clues. Okay, Greg? 37. Yep. 470 games. The Buffalo Sabres. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have Sean name him. Five clues. Okay, that's a lot, okay. I feel like. His amateur team was the Erie Halifax Mooseheads. Oh, fuck. <laughs> his, his height and weight, to your point earlier, Greg, six foot one, 202 pounds. Not Again, very helpful. He's a hockey player. Very um, much a hockey player. His, his draft position, he was a uh, 17th overall pick. First, ah, okay. first rounder. Yep. Mm-mm. By the uh-oh Toronto Maple Leafs. I got it. I got ah, it. motherfucker. And, he, and uh, he played from 2002 to 2015. All right. I I was I was really thrown off by the Sabers because I didn't. I have no recollection of this guy playing with the Sabers. I'll give you the peek behind the curtain here. Is I gambled on this because Lee Stempniak did play for the Leafs. He did, and I was re- I was really hoping it was going to be Alex Steen because I feel like that, you know, I was I was gonna I was rolling the dice on Alex Steen, and then I was gonna like hit you with like zero clues and knock it out of the park. But based on the based on the fact that he was a first round pick of the Leafs, it's got to be the other guy from that trade, Carlo Colavacchio. Well, it's Koliakovo, but yeah, that's correct. What did I say? Uh, it is Man. Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Carlo. he played. 36 Noted games. Toronto radio personality. That's right. He played 36 I, games for Buffalo. That's why you do not remember I, that. I walked into a fucking trap on that one. <laughs> what were, you I know, really did. What were you supposed to do? Um, all right. All right. 2-2. Two, two. What two, about? 2 uh, Do you guys want to do first to first – to, uh, or do you want to do best of seven or best of uh, five here? Leave that to Sean. Uh, so it's just, it's just so I'm clear. Let's do so one Greg from every got, category, and then yeah, okay. that way we'll probably come up with a winner. So the one that I missed that Greg didn't get, like that, he, he still gets a point for that, right? He doesn't he get a point. Out. No, oh, you're right. Wait, he, he does, he does, he does. Yeah, you're okay. right. It's 2-2. Two, two. Right. Yeah. So yeah let's, yeah, let's do uh, every category. This is, this okay. is good. All right. All right. Okay, so you have a choice between uh, the, the brothers who were less good than their other brothers from the <laughs> NHL. Uh, you have the unexpected triple gold club winners, and uh, you have ECHL players. Amico, uh, the, the, the brothers, um, brothers, brothers, sure. mothers. Uh, yeah. Do you want to go A, B, or C? I'll go uh, B again. B again. Got it. Okay. This NHL player is 32 years old. He Uh-oh. played 517 uh, games in the NHL, and mm-hmm. uh, his last team was the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. 
Um, I'll go uh, eight. Eight clues. Mm-hmm. 32 Sean? Canucks, 500-ish. Okay. Uh, seven? Seven it is. Okay. I'll go six. Six it is. <sighs> See, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like I should... This should be my category, because I did a thing on brother combos and father-son combos, but I was doing, like, oh, man. the best of them. I was trying to put no. together the best guys, and I probably would have skipped... Right, and the and then the other thing is I've got I've got a running thing in my columns of the like less successful younger brother, but those are usually the guys that barely like the five hundred games is what's throwing me off here. That's that's what I didn't want to hear. Uh, what are we? What, you're at how many, Greg? Currently there, six, it, I think it is uh, five right now. Five, okay. So oh, this would be he, he could he could say five. Or he did can I say, say five. five that's correct. Yeah. Okay. okay. I will say five. Okay, five would get you uh, years played, draft team, draft spot, size, and amateur team. Fuck. I kind of, I kind of believe I know who it is. Okay. Um. But in true New Jersey native tradition, I will depend on the failure of others. To uh, boost my own profile, so I will. I will say, uh, Sean, name that player. All right. Wow. His amateur team is the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL. Why wouldn't it be? Sure. His size is listed as six foot two, one hundred ninety nine pounds, an NHL player, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah, uh, he was totally. drafted. By nobody. Undrafted mm. player. And oh. uh, his years played uh, 2011 to present. To present? Oh. Motherfucker. Oh, no. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. I got it. See, I got a guy. I'm glad and, I didn't say the guy that I thought he, it was. And he fits all of the criteria, except I have no idea if he plays for the Vancouver Canucks right now. And I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna get yelled at by Canucks fans, and especially if I say him, and they're gonna be like, "That guy didn't." I feel like he did. I feel like I can picture him in a uniform, but also if you told me it was three years ago, because he's been he's been around a little bit. <sighs> oh man, here it comes thirty-two. He's played like five hundred games. Live your live Ish. your truth. Mm-hmm. So he's he's around. Yeah. He's he's an NHLer. Mm-hmm. All right. If I say this guy's okay. name and he's never played for the Canucks, we'll just edit this out. Okay. okay we'll just skip sure. right to <laughs> we'll skip right to me not. Did you is Jordy Ben a Vancouver Canuck? Jordy Ben is correct. Yes. Oh my God! Unbelievable. Was that Helpful. who you had, Greg? As your when you said no, you thought, until you know, the years, I thought it might have been, and I don't even know if this guy played for the Canucks. I thought it might have been Sean Pronger for a while. I, yeah, I don't know I if thought, he played for the I, Canucks. But when you said Canucks, I thought Quinn Hughes, but then I remembered you said it was the worst of the, the brothers worst brother, and not yeah. the better one. Fuck! If was, I was so. if I was actually funny and smart, I would I would have said Jack Hughes. 
How dare you? And it would have sounded like, oh, you know, he's played 65 games. He had like 14 points, whatever. And you would have been like, okay, uh, how how long did uh, Brent Gretzky play? And no, no, no. It would have been Jack Hughes. (laughs) Damn. Fuck. I did think about doing that with one of the Stahl brothers, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, so apparently right. Jordy Ben has been on the Canucks all season long. So yeah, that's correct. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Canucks fans, you hey, East you Coast man. It, I don't, fine. I don't watch your team's games. You tell me that all the time. So now you know. Okay, uh, who's up? I don't I, think I, I would have gotten Jordy Ben either. If you if you to, uh, if you told me current, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have gotten it. Like I just, I, I don't picture him on the Canucks. Yeah, but. no, I, I was like he. The, like I knew he was on the Canucks, but I think of him most recently, obviously, as a Canadian. Canadian, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean's up, I think. Okay, Sean, you get to pick from either Triple Gold Club or ECHL. The and one I didn't that's pick, not, and I didn't the one pick, that like, is not obs- the ECHL. Well, I was going to say I, I didn't pick like obscure, like a guy who had a couple. Like these are guys you know about for sure. Okay, but uh, and I maybe should have said that. All that, earlier, all that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the Triple Gold. Uh, All right, triple gold uh, club. A, B, or C. You know what? I'm I'm two for two on C, so I gotta I gotta stick in true NHL fashion. I'm gonna stick with what works. That's fair. That's for more no than good fair. reason. Uh, this going for the triple gold of C choices in a way. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this player is 36 years old. Mm-hmm. He played 1,240 NHL games. Whoo! And he played last for the St. Louis Blues. 36. Okay. 1240. Triple gold. And I get to start and the bidding? Is that? You do. Yep, that's right. Eight clues. Eight clues it is. Greg, it's to you. Do I hear seven? His last his last team was the Blues. That's right. Uh seven. Six, Sean? I think I know who this is. So yeah, six. I think. So. I, Greg, five. I'll go five. I'll go. I'll go five. Okay. I kind of. I kind of believe I know who it is too. Sean, four. Do I hear four? No. You know what? I'm going to say zero because I. Th- I think I know who it is, and I can't. I, I don't want to let Greg jump in and and nip it from me. All right. Hmm. Who's that? Thirty-six. Yep. Blues. Yep. Because if he's 36, he's mm-hmm. played I'm, I'm torn in the Olympics. You guys. Yeah, I know, I know who it is. And it's an, 36, he's either active or he's probably still active because he was good enough to play on the Olympics for a team that won gold, which is probably Canada, unless, unless it's Sweden. But that was, yeah, no, this, this uh, and Blues, uh, Jay Bowmister. That's correct. Yeah, Jay Bowmaster. Yes. Yeah. Can't yeah, believe he was on and an Olympic which, team, but he was. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, I was until the until I realized the triple gold, gold encompassed the Olympics. I thought maybe it was David Perron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, Sean takes it. I can't. I can't catch him. That's true. Do we, uh, we should we do the last well, one? Yeah, let's do the last yeah, one, anyways. Let's close right. it out. So this yeah. is, and this I guess, is, I guess, I, Jay Bowmaster technically not active anymore, but that's true. Was close, but. Um. All right, so ECHL players, uh, Greg, I think you get to pick here, A, B, or C. Uh, um, A, and I'll do negative five clues. Uh, Mike McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> are you? You're going A. 
<laughs> no, I'll, I'll do A. Yeah, okay. that wasn't my, my, uh, my choice. <laughs> this player is currently 50 years old. Holy shit. He played... They, the ECHL was around then? <laughs> hold on. He played 719 NHL games, and the last okay. team he played for was the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. He played the ECHL. He's and he 50. did, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'll go uh, eight clues. Eight clues. Okay. Sean? I'm doing math in my head. Uh, seven. Seven clues. Uh, six. Uh, five. Okay. Hmm. Great. Um, lightning, 50 years old. So 50, you put him all right there. And then you're thinking about maybe he ended his career at the Lightning. Uh, or maybe he's currently with the Lightning. But he wouldn't be currently with the Lightning because he's 50. Um, Probably not. Yeah, go ahead and name it, Sean. Okay. Yeah, go ahead and name it, Sean. So for five? Is that is that what we said? Yeah. Uh, okay. For five, yeah. Yep. Okay. So right. uh, he uh, his amateur team was both the New Westminster Bruins and the Tri-City Americans of the WHL. Uh, he was a uh, 6'3", 224-pound player. Okay. He was drafted 19th overall in the 1989 entry draft by the Washington Capitals. And he played from 1989 to 2009. From 89 to 2009? Oh, wow. Uh but he played wow. only 700 and something games. Yep. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, yeah. So sort of a wow. either injuries or was sort of like a part-time up and down sort of guy. Uh, oh boy. I'm trying to think about that capitals draft. I'm thinking like, one. I'm thinking uh, like I'm thinking defenseman based on the size Although not necessarily. How tall was he? Uh, Six foot three, two hundred twenty-four oh. pounds. Well, I have eh. a thought, but I don't know if it's right. Drafted by Washington. Last play for. Okay, well, I've already. Is it Olaf Kolzig? It is Olaf Kolzig. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, that's what I thought. Right, because he had that cup of coffee that, with yes, him. Yes, like that's the, why he's uh, only that, played seven hundred games. Trade. Yes. Okay. That's, I didn't realize he was drafted in 89, though. That's that's earlier than I thought. Yeah, he's yeah. 50. <laughs> he, yeah, he, weirdly, he played two, year, two games in 89-90 and then didn't come back to the NHL, even on a part-time basis, like more than one game uh, until 94. Yeah. So it took a while. Yeah, I was just saying, it's, so, it's so, yeah, it's like a goalie gestation thing. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. But he was, yeah, I, I knew he was... Drafted around then because he's the guy that Washington didn't want to lose in the expansion draft when they went out and signed a 50-year-old guy who had played in the 70s to an NHL contract so that they would have an <laughs> NHL goalie to expose in 92. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was Olaf Kolzig. I should, I'm mad at myself now for Good not stuff. figuring out that it was a goalie based on the games played, but uh, oh, okay. But yeah, wow. it's so. uh, like I said, there are guys. I was going down the list of ECHL uh, alums yesterday, and I was like, 
damn, there's a lot of good fucking players here. Like, you know, plenty of guys well, who are who are you know okay. barely NHLers played five games or whatever. But a bunch of guys. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll give you the other two yeah, right now. The, the other two. BNC. Well, I'm not going to say who they were, but their games played were 863. And a current player mm-hmm. who's played 254 so far. So nice. ECHL uh, will occasionally turn out, and I should also say, a lot of them are goalies. A lot of them are goalies. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I guess right, that right. makes sense because you get you pushed say, out because you have so many spots. Like, yep. Yeah, your third, your fourth stringer down to the um, ECHL. But yeah, great. so well, well, well done. Thank so you. So we, we welcome sending uh, categories. That, that, I'll. I'll put some. I gotta say that was if, that was a. I love the format. I, I gotta tell you, man, the amateur teams helped me not at all. I like that right. was. I mean, that was just like but, I said. Yeah. These are all just like the things in the top, like right next to their picture on the uh, on the hockey reference page. Yeah. I think it would have helped so me more welcome, if you would just describe wel- their picture to me. It's been like <laughs> stubble. We welcome. Okay, he's a white guy. I'm gonna say three, <laughs> maybe four nose breaks, but we we welcome uh, name that Pat Falloon to the family of Puck Soup uh, game shows, along with uh, Schlemcode and all the other ones. Yes, yeah, send, right, sending last, categories. Last... I'll I'll see if they're any good and and maybe add them to the to the rotation for next time. Last order of business on the show today. Uh, uh, we we usually are doing uh, as a quarantine special a uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite for different categories suggested by readers on Twitter. Uh, Adam Jones, um, which by the way was the original title of the movie Burnt, as you know, Lambert uh, was Adam Jones. I didn't know that, and um, I've never seen it. <laughs> uh, I'm a burnt head. A real, a real uh, Larry Crown type of a. Larry like, Trout, oh, exactly. this is this is named after a, a person who uh, you don't know who that is. Oh, okay, Correct. great. So it means nothing to you, right? Uh, he wants to know f- overrated, uh, underrated, favorite, least favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I will expand it to <laughs> any character that appeared on the Turtles cartoon show, um, or just cartoon. Like, is cartoon show like ATM machine? Yeah, like, I is think it just so. Inferred? We get it. Okay. Uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite in the Ninja Turtles universe. Uh, who'd like to go first? I think overrated. You, you got to say Leonardo. He's the leader. I don't know. Didn't he, like his 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 one quality, as mentioned in the song, uh, is that he leads. Mm-hmm. He leads, but he also had a. I mean, he had a his he had the sword. Right, was his weapon. He did. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good weapon. All right, Leo, Leo is on the nose, isn't it? <laughs> um, overrated uh, Shredder. Honestly, come on. I mean, in a ne- an inept sub-Skeletor level, level villain, um, cool-looking, ultimately ineffective, and not as, as interesting as any of the other villains surrounding him. Overrated. Yeah, Shredder. he was just a guy in a costume. Yeah. I didn't really watch this show much. Can I say overrated Vanilla Ice? Because didn't he do the theme song <laughs> yes, for... Uh, you could Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, he did. Oh, okay. He didn't yeah, do yes, the... Uh, uh, se- secret of the Ooze. That's right. <laughs> what what right. did the secret turn out to be? Was it... Was the Ooze bad? It was wet. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Underrated... Um, 
Good Donatello. Like, Donatello is the brains of the outfit. I feel like, well, he does you know, machines. there's a lot more... Right, he does machines. There's a lot more heat around Raph and, uh, and Michelangelo at all times. And Donatello is just like, look, man, you guys go party and find some pizza. I'm going to stay back here and, you know, fix this time machine or whatever. Uh, and also, he, he had a fucking bow staff, like, a, like that, that blind dude in Rogue One. And that's pretty awesome. So, uh, Donatello. Underrated. I see. The problem is, I remember all these characters, but I do not remember their names. So I got to look up uh, Ninja Turtles, Alligator Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Leatherhead was the man's name, and he was. You a, mean the was he was he Cajun? He was, was Cajun. Remember that correctly? Yeah. No. Right. He and and he and he was always very bad at the Ninja Turtles. He was cool. Mm-hmm. Why you'll go take my gumbo? Kind of. Thing, yeah, probably. they wanted the gumbo for the pizza. <laughs> My understanding. Wow, I Sean, obviously was missing out. I, see, I I don't remember <laughs> much about the show. I have like one actual memory that I'll mm-hmm. get to in a minute. But the uh, the the other thing, whenever someone says Ninja Turtles, I think of that. Um, what's the web comic uh, XKCD? Where they had the yeah, yeah, yeah. the one where it was like the uh-huh. pie charts yeah. for each, and it was like notoriety as Renaissance artist or Ninja Turtle, and like Donat- <laughs> Donatello was the one that was like ninety percent turtle. So I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with him. I always remember that as uh, it being something that really cracked me. Appreciate up. you. Appreciate you. Favorite easy one for me, Krang. Yeah, he was cool. The uh, the little alien that lived inside the uh, the tummy of the big robot man. Uh, it had an amazing voice. One of my favorite cartoon voices this side of like Starscream and Cobra Commander was that that Krang voice. And uh, I'd go Krang as my favorite Ninja Turtles character. Hmm. I think mm-hmm. I, I think I would have to say. Uh, freaking what's his name? Uh, Rocksteady, the 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 rhinoceros. Rocksteady was one. the worst. How many characters are in the show? Holy smokes! <laughs> so uh, well, I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady were so like probably the like the Simpsons of of the classic base. henchmen. They're the, they're the classic henchmen for sure. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I never really watched the show, but I do remember. I said I had like one other memory. I remember going to see the movie. <laughs> With my friends, and this is like when we were like teenagers, the the first one, and, and I just oh, remember, so I just remember there him. was a scene where, and I don't even know his name, but like the mouse or the rat that like trains them, <laughs> Mister Splinter, Jesus yeah, Christ, okay. man, thank Come you, on, dude. He's like in a he's like in a cage, but he's like doing kung fu, and we just laughed our ball. We thought that was the funniest thing we had ever seen for some reason. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go. That's that's my favorite. Ninja Turtle character right there. The little mouse who does karate or kung fu exercises for three seconds in the movie. Ma- the Master one? Splinter. Yeah, that's that's what his fucking name is. What's he's, that? He's the fucking Yoda Mr. Miyagi yeah. of fucking the Ninja that's Turtles. Right. Exactly Back in the movie, he, he was like, this was like when he was a kid or something. Like, it was like a, it was like a mon- like a I think, origin I think what you're story talking thing. About is I think you're talking pre-mutation. Um, Potentially. Splinter, maybe. Yeah. Or... or uh, like an early mutations. Back when he was I'm, just I'm a on... regular mouse doing karate. So I, I'm currently looking at it uh, on on. There's two competing uh, wikias for the Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. 
Um, and the one I'm on uh, explains that he is the adoptive father and sensei of all four of the turtles. He is wise, mature, and highly trained in the art of ninjutsu, uh, also mm-hmm. known as the honorable rat sensei of the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I have to agree. That's a perfect descriptor of what Master Splinter brings to the table. Right. So. Um, all right, last last one. Uh, oh, oh, uh, least favorite, Casey Jones. I, I understand that it's blasphemy to say that Casey Jones is your least favorite. He, of course, was the hockey connection to the Ninja Turtles universe. Of course. I mean, as we've as we've talked about before with Splinter, I mean, it is just a costume. There is nothing going on with Casey Jones beyond the costume, and uh, never a fan. Hated the fact that he had such a a big part of the movie. He's played by the great Elias Kateas, of course. Uh, Casey Jones, my least favorite uh, Ninja Turtle universe uh, character. My least favorite is uh, Michelangelo. He did not take being a Ninja Turtle seriously. <laughs> Correct. Uh, yeah, he was a party dude. <laughs> my my pick is literally everyone on the show that I haven't mentioned already. <laughs> All the rest of them are tied. So you're but... including Baxter Stockman in that? The, the mutated Baxter fly Stockman. guy? Did he play in the ECHL? Yep. I think he did. I feel like... <laughs> I, think he, I think you're right about yeah. that. That guy who controlled all the rats in the sewers. That guy. Um, Willard? Yeah, Just so many kidding. others. That's a different thing. Yeah. Terror, the Terrodrome. That should have been my favorite, actually. I fucking love that thing. That thing was really cool. That thing was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That was a really great pop culture thing where Ryan and I are naming things off the top of our head and Sean begins every answer with, I didn't really watch yeah, this, but... But I remember the one movie I saw way back when. I remember six impressive. seconds of it. It's the, it is the yeah. best. Freaking Mondo Gecko. That, Do you remember this, man? He was a gecko that skateboarded. Surprised nobody mentioned uh, uh, Corey Feldman doing the voices of one of the Ninja Turtles in the movie. Oh, is, being, that, uh, is that a thing? Yeah, that was one of the things. He was one of the voices. I think he might have been even Michelangelo. But uh, hmm. All right. That's the show for this week. My God. A, a supersized edition with lots of fun. Um, thanks to nobody. Nobody sponsored us this week. Uh, we're going to get a, a new sponsor next week. That's exciting. And uh, you can read my stuff in ESPN. I wrote a lot of shit this week. 7,000 words on lines. 3,000 words on Michael Jordan. And then also a thing that ran on Tuesday about uh, the president of the Sharks explaining how the hell we're going to open arenas this this uh, winter and, f- and, and fall. It's good stuff. Uh, yeah, sign up for the Puck Soup newsletter and, uh, and the Patreon page has all the good bonus episodes that you could want, including uh, the Top Chef podcast that me, Greg, and Ruby do and also mm-hmm. one monthly episode of Stick to Sports with me and Sean Gentili. So. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Uh, there it is. Find my stuff on The Athletic. Uh, this week, I, I don't remember what I wrote this week. I did like a quiz thing. It was like a puzzle uh, where I listed a bunch of rosters, and then you, based on who was on the roster, you had to figure out what rule I was using uh, to put them together. So if you uh, didn't see that, go check it out, because I'm posting the answers on Friday. Awesome stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Uh, go to the uh, Patreon for the mailbag. And uh, talk to you soon. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got some commentary to what if you commute. 
Oh, you'll still cover movies, TV shows, eats and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. Box soup.